0: Today, on this Thursday edition of Abounding Grace, we're continuing our look at Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, the baptism of Jesus. That's next. Join us. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, greetings and welcome to today's broadcast. We're focusing on Luke chapter 3 this week, and today is no different. We're looking at the baptism of Jesus Christ and why this is so significant. Not only significant, but applicable for you and I as believers in Christ. Please join us now for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Why
1: did the Holy Spirit of God come upon Jesus in physical form at all? Why didn't the Holy Spirit just Come upon Him. When the Holy Spirit came upon you and I and made a new creation out of us, He didn't come to us in the form of a dove. There was no physical form, no physical sign of His coming upon you. So why is it that there was any physical form or appearance of the Holy Spirit at all? Jesus saw the physical form of the Holy Spirit as a dove. John the Baptist saw this physical form. So did many other people. So what was the purpose? Well, the purpose was the same as the opened heavens and the divine voice. Why were the heavens physically opened at Jesus' baptism? Why was there an actual audible voice from God that spoke at Jesus' baptism? Why did the Holy Spirit come upon Jesus in a physical form? And the... Reason is actually very simple and fairly obvious. And that is, human senses must perceive what is happening here. None of this is for the sake of God. All of this is for the sake of man. And this is real. What is the point of the book of Luke, if you can remember? Lucas conveyed to us that the gospel is real. It is rooted in history. This is not a figment of someone's imagination. People who were there at Jesus' baptism saw the heavens opened. They actually heard with their literal ears a voice. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon Jesus, they saw this physical image of a dove upon Him. Human senses had to perceive what was happening here so they would know this was not a fairy tale. This isn't something you put into the same category as Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, beloved. This is actual history. This historical event has and is going to shape history and the human race forever. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, the heavens are literally opened and people can enter into the presence of God. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, God does reveal himself to man. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ being anointed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God does come into people's lives. It is real. It is a fact. It is not a figment of anyone's imagination. So whatever the symbol is, and what of the dove is, the point of the Holy Spirit coming in the form of a dove is to remind us that this really happened. Beloved, if you were there, you could have taken a picture of all these events, assuming that the glory of heaven wouldn't have ruined your film. These things were real. They actually took place in history, and they are profound. Now, when the Bible says... The Holy Spirit came upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust you understand that that is a reference to his humanity. And now we're going to get into some deep theology here. Remember, one of the points of Luke is that Jesus Christ is the divine human Savior. That he who is from God is God himself. The Lord's Christ is Christ the Lord, and yet He is man. So when I say that Jesus is incomplete without the Holy Spirit, I am not talking about His deity. I mean as the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, He is perfectly complete, self-sufficient in and of Himself, and doesn't stand in need of anything He has made. So the Holy Spirit was not poured out in Jesus in so far as he was God. But he was poured out on him insofar as he was man, to equip him to do everything that was necessary to do for our salvation. And you see here, beloved, all three persons of the Trinity, what was going on here was so important. This baptism was so important that all three persons of the Trinity make their appearance and have something to do in the baptism of Jesus. The Son of God is baptized. The Holy Spirit is poured out on Jesus. And God the Father speaks from heaven to Jesus and about Jesus. One of the clearest illustrations of the Trinity that our God, the one and only God, One God in three persons is right here in the baptism of Jesus Christ. And also beginning in the baptism of Jesus, we see one of the distinctions of the Old Testament that is emphasized from this point on through to the book of Revelation. And that is the close and intimate relationship of Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. I think one of the reasons there has been so much confusion, ignorance, or misguided thought about the Holy Spirit today is because of our failure to understand the relationship of the Holy Spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ. Too often we hear people talk about Jesus to the exclusion of the Holy Spirit, and more frequently today we hear people emphasize the Holy Spirit to the near exclusion of Jesus Christ. It is because of the failure to understand something that begins right here, again, at Jesus' baptism, and goes through to the New Testament, and that is this intimate, inseparable relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And don't ever lose sight of that, beloved. Though the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, and two distinct divine persons, their presence is the same. Wherever Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, the Lord Jesus Christ is. And everything we have learned about Christ comes to us through the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ came to earth to accomplish some tremendous blessings for us. But all of those blessings reach our lives only because the Holy Spirit brings them into our lives. So though the Son of God and the Holy Spirit in their persons are different, their presence is the same. Where one is, the other is. Everything we have from Christ is brought into our lives by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings Christ to us, and He brings us to Christ. He reminds us of what the Lord Jesus Christ taught us, and He helps us to understand those things. He reveals the glory of the person of Christ to us, convinces us of the authority of Christ's Word, and bestows the power and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives. The Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are inseparable. So let's just take a few moments and look at the role of the Holy Spirit in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Turn with me, if you will, in the Old Testament to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11. And then we'll turn to Isaiah sixty one. We'll learn a great deal about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus through these verses. In Isaiah eleven you have a messianic prophecy referring to Christ as the sprout of Jesse or the sprout of David, a descendant of David. Jesus eleven one. And thou shalt come forth a rod or a sprout out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord so here you have in Isaiah 11 a prophecy as to what is going to take place on earth as a result of the birth and the anointing of the holy spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ this sprout of Jesse king David's father this descendant of David would have the Holy Spirit of God rest upon him, and that Holy Spirit of the Lord would be a spirit of wisdom, of understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Now, notice in verses 4 and 5 what the Holy Spirit is going to enable him to do. With righteousness shall he judge the poor. And reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins. And faithfulness the girdle of his reins. As a result of the Holy Spirit of God coming upon this sprout of Jesse. He will not only have a perfect character. But he will be able to accomplish the purposes of God. And destroy all of his enemies. As a result of that, notice what is going to happen on earth, and not as a result of Christ's second coming. As a result of the baptism of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this is what's going to happen. Verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And a cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hands on the asps or serpent's den." They shall not hurt nor destroy, and all of my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As a result of the effective work of this one, baptized by the Holy Spirit, there will be universal peace. There will be the great diminishing of violence and lawlessness in the earth. There will be the transformation of the character of those who are ordinarily prone to violence. And the whole earth will be filled full of the knowledge of the Lord. The point here is that the one who receives the Holy Spirit, Christ, is going to bring in a new age. Now, I know that word is irritating, but beloved We had that word first. The Holy Spirit poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ meant that a day of peace and a diminishing of violence and the restoration of God's order and the transformation of men's character, the knowledge of God spreading throughout the earth as the waters cover the sea had begun. And that's what the prophets talked about and looked forward to throughout the Old Testament. There is coming a great time upon the earth when things aren't going to be perfect. There will never be a utopia on earth before the coming of Christ. But there will be a time on earth, says the prophets, when things are going to be far, far better than they are now, when there will be far less war, when peace will be the rule, there will be little violence and far more. Theonomic Christians... Many assumed this was far off, that the day was connected with the end of the world. And that's why so many people were confused when Jesus wasn't the kind of Savior they wanted him to be, physically wiping out his enemies. But when God poured out the Holy Spirit on Jesus at his baptism, that was God saying, the new age has begun. This final last era of the earth's history has begun to dawn with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not going to come all of a sudden. Christ said it's not going to come with blasting of trumpets, with some kind of cataclysmic event, with all kinds of pomp and circumstance. It's going to come gradually through the Spirit and the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. It's going to take perhaps millennia of years... But it has begun. And once it has begun, it will not stop until we see universal peace. The universal transformation of men's character and the knowledge of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. That day is certain to come. Because Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon him. It is the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that causes these things to happen. This historical event, the baptism of Jesus Christ, has historical implications. Now turn quickly, if you will, to Isaiah 61.1. He says, first of all, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And if you look at Luke 4.18, you'll see that Christ actually applies that directly to Himself. But let's read Isaiah 61, beginning in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings upon the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, wastes, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities and desolations of many generations. Beloved, this is all on earth. And in history, and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For your shame you shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, the Lord, love judgment... I hate robbery for burnt offerings and I will direct their work in truth and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom of himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels for as the earth bringeth forth her bud and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the lord god will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. Here you have a prophecy of what's going to happen when the Lord, when when the Holy Spirit of God comes upon Jesus. He is going to powerfully preach the gospel, bind up the brokenhearted, set free those who are slaves to sins. He is going to comfort those who mourn. He is going to enable us to build what sin has devastated. The restoration, the reconstruction, the transformation of civilizations and the cultures of ruined cities for many generations will take place in history. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't save you just so you can go to heaven when you die, beloved, as great and wonderful as that is. The Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, And the Holy Spirit came upon him to rebuild the ancient cities that have been devastated and left desolate by human sin and rebellion. There is a new age that has entered into human history with the baptism of Jesus. It started out insignificantly and obscurely, but it is continuing to grow like the leaven that has been mixed into a loaf of bread, every aspect of that loaf is transformed entirely by the leaven of the gospel. So this new age of salvation has arrived in the person of Jesus. Now it's important for us to understand that because salvation is far bigger than we ordinarily think in the church today. Too many today, all salvation is, is an individualistic, subjective, inward spiritual thing, keeping them from going to hell when they die. And that about sums it up for them. And you listen to the average song in fundamental churches today, and they generally speak of dying and going to heaven. It's almost as if they have a death wish. Now, it's a wonderful thing that when we die, we get to spend an eternity surrounded by the glory of God. But we also get to truly live before we die. The Lord Jesus Christ did not come to save isolated individuals here and there in some kind of subjective fashion so they won't have to worry about going to hell when they die. The Lord Jesus Christ came to transform life on this planet, to restore those ancient civilizations that have been ruined by a rebellion. Now, how is this how is he going to do this? By Christ's second coming? when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again, then and only then, He will will restore all the societies upon the face of the earth, ruined by sin? No. Our text says, it is not the second coming of Christ that will change and transform what sin has ruined in this life, in your life. It is the baptism of Jesus. It is the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus, having been anointed with the Holy Spirit, has everything he needs to do what he came to earth to do. And that is to comfort you when you are mourning, to transform your wicked life, and to restore everything in this life that sin has ravaged and ruined. So when we read about the Holy Spirit of God coming upon the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not some little sweet thing about a peaceful dove landing, meek and mild, on Jesus, showing how much his father loved him. It is an astounding thing. It is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. The transformation of human life, your life, and life on this planet is absolutely certain because the Holy Spirit of God came upon Jesus in the form of a dove. And beloved, no matter what you see going on around you today, no matter what the doomsayers may prophesy, God is in the process of transforming His entire created order. All things will come under the order of His kingdom. Barack Hussein Obama and his socialistic demonic cohorts will be destroyed. Everything He is planting... And implementing will come crashing down. They will be punished severely for their anti-God agenda. God sits in the heavens and laughs at all Obama's ungodly efforts and all the godless efforts of every other anti-Christ that conspires against him. That is God's covenant promise to his people. And you can be absolutely certain of it because of all the salvific work of our Lord Jesus Christ, including his anointing by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. It is no small matter. Praise be to our sovereign, omnipotent King who reigns and rules over all his creation. And let me end today by reading to you Psalm 2, 8 through 12. Because, beloved, it says it all. Psalm 2, verses 8 through 12. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the othermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust.
0: The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon and again Wednesday evenings at 715. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866-5607. We thank you for joining us, and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner.